It's always wonderful hearing your voices in those prayers. Uh, for those of you that handed prayers in to me, please know, be praying throughout the week and uh, may even call you on some of those to pray with you. This morning is, is Transfiguration Sunday. You saw the lights change. They went from green to white. It's a special day. Those white lights we see at certain times of the year as we walk through. And it's, it's a bookend today, okay? Remember, the baptism of our Lord was the last kind of high day that we saw like that. And we heard God's voice during the baptism of our Lord. There's a fancy church word for that. It's called theophany. Okay, think of like telephone. Well, theophone. This is God speaking, God's voice coming in for people to hear. And at that day, at that time when Jesus was in the water, we hear God say, you are my beloved son. With you, I'm well pleased. And then the last seven weeks, we've heard Jesus say, I am as he pointed back to ways in which God had shown himself to his people and taking care of his people, and Jesus saying, I am the fulfillment of those things. Remember, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And others. And then today, Today we have another opportunity. You heard it in the scripture reading. You heard it in the gospel reading. Another opportunity where we heard God. God's voice himself. God the Father himself speaking into creation for the created to hear. It's pretty amazing. Now listening comes up today, right? And I, I uh, have good listening and I have bad listening uh, ever since I was a kid, I don't know if it started with my grandfather or with me, because my grandfather would always kind of test me to see what was going on around us. If we were driving in a car, he wanted me to be aware of what other cars were around us and who was in those other cars, so he would ask me descriptions of the people in the other cars, which is odd when you're 10 and you're trying to even figure out who the driver is. But nonetheless, I would, we would kind of point me to listen. And what usually got me into trouble, though, was when we would go into a restaurant because my grandfather loved food. Maybe that's where my love came from as well. But we would sit in a restaurant. And he would sit with his back to the wall so he could see everything that was going on, and he would tell me to listen. What he didn't realize, he was training me to eavesdrop, and it really would start to get me into trouble at times as I would sit there and listen to other conversations that were going on, and sometimes it's beneficial. You would know whether or not you needed to move to another table, and other times it just got me distracted from everything else, and now when I go and sit with my wife to eat a meal, it's a struggle at times to block out listening to other things so that I can focus in on my bride. So I usually don't sit with my back to the wall and look over the restaurant because then I start worrying about why the managers aren't doing what they need to be doing and where the servers are at and all that kind of stuff. So I sit with my back to the restaurant so that I can focus on her, to listen, to listen to what she has to say. There's another listening that gets us in trouble when we listen uh, just to respond, to counteract an argument, to to listen, to get just enough information, and then we start developing in our head what our response is going to be, and we don't really hear the heart of what the other person is saying. 
And I'm guilty of that at times as well, listening just enough so that I can contradict or say my piece, wait and listen well enough for a pause to where it's my time to speak. That's not always a good thing either. So I feel for Peter, James, and John up on the mountain, heavy with sleep, paying attention just enough to know that Jesus is up there praying and up there and they see two other folks come along as well and they're heavy with sleep, but they were listening enough to hear the conversation. Why it didn't seem amazing to them that there were two guys meeting Jesus, I don't know at the moment, but as soon as he uh, changed appearance, they started to wake up, right? They were there. They were listening. They were listening at this moment where Jesus shines in his glory. They had not seen Jesus this bright and shiny yet. They had seen Jesus in the flesh. They had not seen Jesus in his glory too bright to look at, lightning shining forth from his clothing, looking at the sun kind of bright as they, well, looked at the sun, but a different sun, you get that. So bright, shiny, amazing, hard to look at glory. In this moment on this mountaintop, think of the company there, Peter, James, and John trying to figure out what's going on. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. This is like a moment of heaven on earth. A moment where Moses is now standing in the promised land that he had never stood in. You heard that in the Old Testament reading. He had died outside the promised land. God said, you'll lead my people there, but you won't get to get there. And now, standing next to Jesus, Moses is standing in the promised land. Wherever Christ is, that's a promised land. So Moses is there. Moses, the one who had led people from Egypt by God's direction, led people to this promised land, pointing the way to where God was going to take his people, now standing there next to his Lord. And Elijah, Elijah, a prophet who wasn't a writing prophet, he didn't write his own books, but the one that battled all of the prophets of Baal and led the people Israel back to God in faith, pointing to the Lord. Moses and Elijah standing there next to Jesus saying, you've got an exodus coming too, Jesus. Think of that conversation for a minute as Moses is there, right? Moses is there and they're talking about the exodus and they look at him and they say, you've got an exodus. An exodus coming where you're bringing the salvation of God's people in a different way. For the departure that he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem, right? Is about how the text goes. And in those moments, as they're having that conversation, as Peter, James, and John are overhearing just a little bit in this moment of heaven on earth where things are looking different than they have ever looked before, God's voice breaks in to creation. 
to where Peter, James, and John knew the voices of Moses. They knew the voices of Elijah through the scripture. They knew what had been written, and now all of this writing points to Jesus, and God's voice says, this is my son. Listen to him. Listen to him. All the words that have come before, they're come to point to him. So now, listen to him. Listen to his words in this moment. Listen to his words as they guide. Listen to Jesus. And in that moment, as Moses and Elijah walk away, we hear those words ring. Listen to him. I want you to jump forward a little bit with John. Because Peter and James and John were there. We get that. And there is yet another moment where John would be listening to Jesus. As John listened to Jesus who was posted up between two other folks. Not Moses and Elijah, but two thieves. John standing there in the shadow of the cross looking up at his Lord who he had seen in glory on the Mount of Transfiguration now seeing lifted up on a cross. Hearing Jesus' words that are spoken even from the cross, words that you and I will never have to say because Jesus was saying them for us as he took our sin upon his shoulders and nailed it to the cross, sits there at the cross and says, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Why have you turned your back on me? Why have you separated yourself from me? Listen to him as he speaks the words that you don't have to speak. Listen to him as he takes all the things that separate us from God upon his shoulders. Listen to him as he pours out forgiveness. See, we hear these words of this Mount of Transfiguration from not Peter, James, and John, but from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Well, they weren't there. They had to hear the story from someone. See, at the end of our gospel, it says they didn't say anything about it in those days. In fact, in the other readings of that gospel, Jesus says, don't say anything about these until I've come again. Because it's in that moment that it'll be understood. It's in that moment that it'll make sense. It's in that moment that when you hear my words and understand who I was glorified, in that moment you will see God in flesh who has died for you and risen for you so that we can listen to him. Now Peter does write about it as well. In fact, if we go to... First Peter, excuse me, Second Peter, in the first chapter, in verse 16, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom... I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure 
the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Listen. We listen to God's word. We listen to hear where he speaks. We listen as his word proclaims us forgiven. We listen as his word poured out in baptism says that we're his children. We listen to the forgiveness that he gives and the life that he promises. The life that he promises as Christ comes back to stand in that creation again, glorified as he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, and to bring creation back into a relationship with the Father, where we will get to listen to him and praise him for eternity. By his grace, amen. Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for in that brief moment of Showing your son's glory, we also see him in his suffering. And we look to that suffering and wait for the day that his glory will shine again in creation as we will walk in the cool of the garden and talk with you and listen with you. And with all those who have gone before us, We're thankful that they are in your presence now and we look forward to the day that we are together once again in your love and in your mercy and in your grace. In your son Jesus' name, amen.